Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulil kareem. Amma ba'd. Faqad qala Allahu tabaraka wa ta'ala. Fil Qur'ani majid. Ba'da a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Subhanallazi asra bi'abdihi laylan min al-masjidil harami ila al-masjidil aqsa alladhi barakna hawlahu linuriyahu min ayatina innahu huwa as-sami'ul basir Alhamdulillah we are approaching Ramadan very very fast we are in the month of Rajab and then we just have less than fewer than 40 days left remaining for Ramadan May Allah Ta'ala make it that we reach Ramadan with Iman and Afiyat. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan. This is the dua Nabi Sallallahu used to make when he used to reach the month of Rajab. So we are almost to the end of Rajab. And there is a night called the night of Mi'raj. It's common belief that, and it's a famous belief that, Mi'raj took place on the 27th of Rajab. In the Kutub of Tafsir, in the Sharah of Jalalain Sharif, it is mentioned that the journey of Mi'raj took place seven years after Nubuwat. Not Hijrat, after Nubuwat. After Nabi Salam received Nubuwat. Before the demise of Hazrat Kharija, or in the year of the demise of Hazrat Kharija, radiallahu anha. So it took place in the year that Hazrat Kharija, radiallahu anha, passed away. And this mi'raj, this journey, took place on the 27th of Rabi'ul Ukhra, or Rabi'ul Thani. So this is according to the Mufassirin, that it took place on the 27th of Rabi'u Thani, not in the month of Rajab as commonly and popularly believed. This journey of Mi'raj is a specific journey from Baytul Maqdis to the seven heavens. The journey of Mi'raj does not begin from Baytullah. The journey from Baytullah to Masjid al-Aqsa is known as Isra'a. And the journey from Baytul Maqdis to the seven heavens is known as Mi'raj. So how did we just going to speak about this journey of Isra and Mi'raj briefly, very briefly. Why I say briefly? Because there are so many details to this, uh, this, this, this topic. So the journey of Isra began from Baytullah or you could say from the house of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was lying in his bed when Jibra'il salam came from above from his from the roof of his house, came into his house, while Nabi Sassam was asleep, Jibra'il salam came with another farishta and he cut open the chest of Nabi Sallallahu This is the second time Nabi Sallallahu chest was opened and the first time which it happened was when Nabi Sallam was four years of age in the custody of Bibi Halima Sa'diya anha in the outskirts of Makkah Mukarramah. Um, and in this, on this occasion too, Jibreel alayhi salam 
opened the chest of Nabi alayhi salam, took out his heart, he had a container, a vessel filled with zamzam water, and another vessel filled with hikmah and iman. So, Jibreel salam first washed the heart of Nabi sallallahu alayhi in the zamzam water, and then he placed it back into the chest of Nabi alayhi salam. And then this hikmat and iman was poured into the heart of Nabi alayhi salam. The surgery was complete. Nabi alayhi salam's chest was sealed up. And there's no trace of any form of surgery done to Nabi alayhi salam. Thereafter, Nabi alayhi salam was taken from his house to the Baytullah. By the Baytullah, there was a white animal from Jannah to receive Nabi alayhi salam to take him on his journey of Isra and Mi'raj. So this animal which is stated, it is stated to be, uh, it is known as a buraq. Right? So this buraq is not the same buraq that the aunties believe that this is a unicorn. So they buy unicorns in the name of buraq and they make their children play with unicorns. This unicorn is a symbol of LGBT, which is totally haram. So to buy your children unicorns in the name of, you no, know, it is a buraq, because it is a horse with wings, so it's a buraq. No, the Burak is something different. It is the animal from Jannah. And the unicorn is, a, is the symbol of shaitan. It's a, a total um, a West and East difference. One is the symbol of shaitan, and a Burak is the animal of Jannah. So the Burak, the Burak will not go to Jahannam. And the people of uh, the, the unicorns, they will go to Jahannam if they believe in this symbolism of the LGBT. So that is completely the different um, entities. Carrying on with this discussion, uh, the Nabi salam was seated on the Buraq uh, with Jibreel salam, and they proceeded to Masjid al-Aqsa. This Buraq, this animal from Jannah, is so fast that it travels the distance its eye can see. Wherever its eye, wherever its gaze falls, that is the place where it reaches in that split second. So that is the speed of this animal of Jannah. So what is the size of this animal? The size of the animal is a bit smaller than a horse and bigger than a mule. So that was the size of the horse, the ho the, sorry, not the horse, this Burak. We can't say it's a horse, it's an animal in the hadith, is described as an animal uh, from Jannah and it's white in color. So this animal uh, took Nabi salam and Jibreel salam to Masjid al-Aqsa. When Nabi salam reached Masjid al-Aqsa, he tied the reins of this animal on the same ring that was used to tie the animals of the Anbiya, the, uh, the previous Anbiya Ali Musalam. Nabi Salam entered Masjid al-Aqsa and he performed two rakat salah and it is our aqeedah, our belief that Nabi Salam performed salah and behind him were all the Anbiya from Adam Salam to Isa Salam, all the Anbiya. It's our aqeedah that all the Anbiya Ali Musalam are alive in the graves. Allah Ta'ala made it that all the Anbiya were present there at the time when Nabi Salam performed the Salah. Approximately 124,000 Anbiya. After the Salah, Jibreel Salam came to Nabi Salam and presented to him some drinks. One, one drink was, there were three things presented to Nabi Salam. One was Khamar, which is called wine. The other one was honey. And the other third one was milk. Nabi salam chose the milk and Jibreel salam told him that you have chosen fitrat. means you have chosen the good way. This is the good thing which you have chosen. This is something which is natural that you have chosen. In other words, you have made a good decision. 
So thereafter, now there are different riwayat uh, and different tafsir, tafsir with regard to how did Nabi Alayhi Salaam go to the seven heavens from Masjid Al-Aqsa. So the, 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 common, the most um, common riwayat are that Nabi Alayhi Salaam took the same burah to go to the, uh, uh, or extend his journey from Masjid Al-Aqsa to the seven heavens. And other riwayat is that, uh, that uh, Nabi Alayhi Salaam used a kind of a lift from Masjid Aqsa to the seven heavens. And why was the, the, the place Masjid Aqsa specifically chosen for this journey? Why, did Nabi Ali, why didn't Nabi Alayhi Salaam go directly from Baytullah to the seven heavens? Why did he have to stop over in Masjid Aqsa? So it is mentioned that Masjid Aqsa is directly beneath the door of the first heaven. Directly above Masjid al-Aqsa is the door to the first heaven. So, Nabi salam was chosen to, to, to travel this journey of Mi'raj from Masjid al-Aqsa. So, because directly beneath uh, the, the, the door of the first heaven was Masjid al-Aqsa. So, they went straight up. And when Nabi salam reached the first heaven, the door of the first heaven, Jibreel Amin salam knocked on the door. He knocked on the door. And the answer came from inside, who is this? And the answer was that I am Jibreel al-Islam. The question was, the second question was, who is with you? The answer was given, this is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The third question was, did he get permission to come? The answer was given, yes, he did get permission to come. So from this, from this question and answer, we learn that when you bring a guest to somebody's house, if you come with somebody and you're going to somebody else's house, then you must inform the person that I am coming and uh, I'm bringing somebody with me. And does this, person, does this person, he's coming with me, but does he have permission to come into the house? Or maybe the person will say, no, he has permission to come into the house, but can, you know, because we have our work, can he sit in the next room in another lounge? give him some samosas and tea and everything, make himself comfortable there while we carry on with our work. So, on this occasion, this, these questions were asked and Nabi al-Islam and Jibra al-Islam were given permission to enter the heavens. Even though Jibra al-Islam came from the heavens, he didn't need any permission to go because he used to frequent up and down to the heavens. So, um, but this is a lesson for us. So, anyway, Jibra al-Islam and Nabi al-Islam entered the first heaven in the first heaven, um, Nabi Adam salam was present. And Jira said, this is your uh, father, Adam salam, And um, Adam was told to welcome Nabi salam, And Nabi salam was welcome. Marhaman bik. And um, Adam salam had on his right hand side a form of some very, very minute black things on his right hand side and on his left hand side the same. So when Adam Islam looked, every time he looked on his right hand side, he used to smile, he was happy. He looked on his left hand side, he was sad, he was uh, looking uh, down. So Nabi Islam asked, why is it that he is looking on his right hand side, he's happy. When he looks on his left hand side, he said, you know, these are these children, those who are going to Jannah, they are on his right hand side, looks at them, he gets happy that they are going to Jannah. He looks on the left hand side, those, people, those children of his are going to Jahannam. So he is sad that his children are going to Jahannam. 
Anyway, they proceeded to the second heaven. When they came to the second heaven, the same three questions were asked. They were let in and they, Nabi salam, met Yahya, Isa and Yahya salam. In, when they finished the meeting with these two Anbiya, they proceeded to the third heaven where they met Yusuf salam, and it is said that Yusuf salam was given half the beauty of entire mankind. Half the beauty. So, thereafter Nabi salam went to the fourth heaven where he met Idris salam. In the fourth heaven, Nabi salam met Harun salam. In the sixth heaven, Nabi salam met uh, Musa salam. And finally, in the seventh heaven, Ibrahim salam was met. Ibrahim salam was seen with, in a tree house and beneath the tree there was a man, uh, uh, somebody seated there who had a, a fire kindled in front of him and this was Malik, the Khazin al-Nar, the keeper of Jahannam and he was kindling this fire uh, to keep the fire of Jahannam flaming. Al-Ayadu Billah min Nari Jahannam. So then... Ibrahim had a tree house. In this tree house, Nabi went inside there. There is a detailed explanation of who was in this house. There were elderly people and there, was, there were children. These are the children who passed away in infancy. Uh, and they are Muslim, Muslim children who passed away in infancy. And they are in the, under the care of Ibrahim in Jannah. Thereafter, and it is said in this narration that Ibrahim was seen also leaning against the Baytul Ma'mur. The Baytul Ma'mur is the Kaaba of the Malaika, directly above the Kaabatullah in this dunya in Makkah Mukarramah. This Baytul Ma'mur is visited by 70,000 Malaika every single day. And those 70,000 Malaika do not get a second chance to make tawaf of this Kaaba of Baytul Ma'mur. That is the number of, from this we can gauge the number of the the, the Malaika of Allah Ta'ala. So, thereafter, Jibran Islam said, I cannot proceed beyond this point. Because, beyond this point, if I move one centimeter or one inch past this point, then my wings will disintegrate. They will incinerate. They will incinerate and they will burn off. Jibran Islam has 600 wings. All of those wings will incinerate in a split second. Because of the tajalli of Allah Ta'ala and the nur of Allah Ta'ala beyond this point. So, Nabi Alayhi went, he proceeded on his own. Just to touch on why was Nabi Sallam let on this journey, why was he brought on this journey, Allah Ta'ala says in the ayat I have recited, لِنُرِيَهُ min ayatina. So that we show Nabi Alayhi Nabi Sallam, our signs. So there were many, many things which were shown to Nabi Sallam on this journey, uh, which we cannot touch in, in detail. So we're mentioning a few things. So Nabi Sallallahu came across Sidratul Muntaha. What is the Sidratul Muntaha? It is a tree above the seven heavens. What kind of a tree is this here? It is, it is resembled to, it has a resemblance to the Jubjub tree. It has fruit, it is a golden tree, it has fruit the size of the buckets of the uh, wells which, is, which are used in the, in, in, the, in the country of Yemen, in the place of Hajar, and they are huge buckets. And the, the, the fruit of this tree are resembled to the, the, the size of the buckets of that uh, well in, in the place of Hajar in Yemen. And the leaves of this tree are huge as, as huge as elephant's ears. And then Allah, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spoke to Allah Ta'ala. 
Now the question comes, did Nabi Sallallahu see Allah Ta'ala? No, according to Aisha, our mother, Aisha Siddiqah, we have respect for Aisha, why? Because she is our mother. And Allah Ta'ala says that you, the, the, the wives of the Anbiya are your mothers, the wives of Nabi Sallallahu are your mothers. Unlike the Shias, they swear, our mother has Aisha, if somebody swore your mother, would you take it lightly? So similarly, we don't take it lightly. Lightly that the the Shias they swear our mother is Aisha Siddiqa radiyallahu anha. So as Aisha Siddiqa radiyallahu anha says, Allah Taala says in the Quran, "Ma kathabal fuadu ma raa." That Nabi Sallallahu saw Allah Taala with his heart. We stop at that. We don't elaborate on that point. That how did Nabi Sallallahu see Allah Taala with his heart? We just believe that there that Nabi Sallallahu saw Allah Taala with his heart, not with his physical eyes. The only time we can see Allah Taala with our physical eyes is in Jannah. Allah Taala gave us all the 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 the, the, the ability to see Allah Taala in Jannah. Inshallah. Amin. Allah Taala called Nabi Sallallahu to on this journey. To him, for a specific reason, to grant Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a gift. And what is this gift? The gift of Salah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was given the gift of Salah, specially called to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala calling specially to himself to give him this gift. Allah Ta'ala could have just given this gift, like Allah Ta'ala revealed the Quran through Wahi, that today from today you have to read five times Salah. No, but this gift is special, very, very special. That is why we have to treat this gift with some, such speciality and such importance and, uh, and um, honor and respect the salah so much because it was given to Nabi Hassan right there in the heavens above the seven heavens. So Nabi Hassan was given this gift of 50 salah. Nabi Hassan very happily was coming down the heavens when he met Ibrahim, uh, Musa alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam asked him, what did Allah Ta'ala give you? And he said, he gave me 50 salah is a gift. Musa alayhi salam was Subhanallah, 50 salah, my ummah couldn't perform one salah, go and ask Allah Ta'ala for a discount. Nabi Sallallahu went and he got a discount of 45, five, 5 down every time he went, he came to Musa Alayhi Musa said, no, it's too much, go back and ask him Allah Ta'ala again for a discount. Nabi Alayhi Salaam went and came back and forth, until he came to 5, he came to Musa Alayhi Salaam, Musa Alayhi asked, how many salah did you get now, what's the discount, he said, I'm setting on 5. He said, no, go back and ask another discount. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, no, now I'm shy to go to Allah Ta'ala. I went so many times to Allah Ta'ala to ask for a discount. I'm shy to go back. So Allah Ta'ala said, these five salah is for your ummat, is for, made for, for your ummat, and whoever reads these five salah, well, they, they will get the reward of 50 salah. So this is the gift that Allah Ta'ala gave us. And He called Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi specially to give the hand this gift over to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we should, we should treasure this gift. We should make the masajid abad with, for all the salah fajr, dhuhr, asr, maghrib, isha all the salah not only on big nights and not only on juma salah and not only on Eid salahs we must make the masjid abad on every single every single day of our life every salah for every salah close our shops and go to the masjid and read the salah do not abandon the salah because it comes in one hadith مَنْ تَرَكَ صَلَاةً مُتْعَمِّلًا فَقَدْ كَفَرُ أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Whoever leaves a salah intentionally without any valid reason he had no reason whatsoever to lead a salah he has committed kufr. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq and the guidance through the sunan and the lifestyle of Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم to take lesson from this 
story of Isra and Mi'raj that we should appreciate the Salah. And the Salah is the pillar, the second pillar of Islam. After Iman, Salah is the pillar of Islam. Without the Salah, the entire structure of your Iman collapses. person doesn't have Salah in his life, he will never see success in his life. As soon as we put Salah and we put make Salah our priority in our life, in our, in our daily routine, and then we will see the barakat that will come into our lives. But when we revolve our life, when we revolve salah around our lives, then we're not, we're not appreciating salah. We must revolve our lives around the salah. If you're going somewhere, make sure, is there a masjid in the area? Is there a musalla in the area? My salah first. After I read my salah, I will go and do my shopping. After I read my salah, I will go do my work. First comes the salah. Then you will see the barakat Allah Ta'ala will give you because this is the obligation upon us. This is obligatory to perform our five daily salah with jama'ah in the masjid. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين